And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to the Sheepy Sheared Podcast. Here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. So, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Today, I had an entirely different show planned. Today, I was planning on talking about a part two to my original power and prowess Talking about human dynamics, talking about your resume, talking about the laws of power. All these things are incredibly important to the everyday experience. But then something happens to me today. Normally I do my show a little earlier in the day. My brother graduated from high school today. And I was at his graduation. And I gotta tell you something. For those of you who've ever seen a high school graduation or maybe you've only been in your own the student president the vice president maybe the valedictorian those people give speeches and throughout these speeches there was one girl who gave a speech and she was talking about climate change she was talking about uh minorities and and talking about social justice and all these things now not entirely unexpected, I know. that I, I expect these things, especially from impressionable 18-year-old kids. I, I, I understand that. But it was the look in her eyes, the tone with which she, the righteous tone with which she spoke. It dawned on me. Oh my god. It's just like the Red Guards of China. Now, I get, I, I get it. Your hesitation... Probably he's like, what? What's he talking about? That's ridiculous. How could you go from a high school speech to the Red Guards? Well, I'll tell you. And that's what the show's going to be about today. I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen, on the Sheep Get Sheared podcast to really look around you. I, I'm going to put forward today that the Red Guards are returning to this country, to the world. They left the world when Mao Zedong, that low, that gutter rat, that scum of human waste, died. May he, may he burn in hell. Who resulted in a death of over 40 million Chinese. I think it was 40 million died. We saw the Red Guards leave. But I would challenge you today to look around and tell me that you don't see... The Red Guards returning in mass, in droves. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the cult known as communism. We're going to talk about... I'm going to show you today. We're going to look at an interview from Yuri Bezmenov. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He was a member in good standing of the KGB who defected to America. And... You're going to listen to this interview he did back in 1993. No, no, 83. Sorry, not 90. Back in, ni- in, back in the 1980s. And it's eerie. Because you'll look today, um, 40 years later, and everything he talks about comes to pass. It's scary. So if you want a bone-chilling show, you came to the right place. Because that's what we're doing today. And then we're going to top it off with looking at the... Difference in political affiliation based upon education and based upon how you identify or what demographic you're from. We're going to look at that as well. But before we get started, for those of you who are new to the show, I welcome you. 
Welcome to the best show on YouTube. Welcome to the best information you're going to get today. And that includes anybody in the conservative media. And I ask a lot of questions and make a lot of points throughout the show. And if you have anything you want to add, you can find me on Twitter at Aussie Creed or at Austin Creed on Twitter. Or you can engage in a conversation in the comment section on whatever platform you may be watching or listening to the show on. So without further ado, my friends, we're going to hop right in. And I will not leave you in the dark any longer. Here's where we're going to start today. We are going to start with who the Red Guards are. Give me one second. And then we're going to then lead into the Yuri Bezmanov interview. So we're on thoughtco.com right now. We're going to look about the Red Guards. So for those of you who don't know what the Red Guards, who they are, what they stood for, where they originated from, don't worry about it because we're talking like that right now. So for those of you who are not very familiar with history, I pity you. You should get that checked out as soon as possible because you're the people who will repeat history, but you won't see it as a repeat of history because you don't even know what the history was to begin with. So we're going to get started. The Red Guards were the brown shirts equivalent that were used during the Chinese Cultural Revolution. And that's what brings us to this article. During the Cultural Revolution in China, Mao Zedong mobilized groups of devoted young people, sound familiar? Who called themselves the Red Guards to carry out his new program. Mao sought to enforce communist dogma and to rid the nation of so-called the Four Olds. Now, what are these Four Olds? Well, here they are. Old customs, old culture, old habits, and old ideas. You feel that chill go down your spine yet? Don't worry, we're just getting started. That's the first paragraph. Old customs, old culture, old habits, and old ideas. Let me ask you something. Um... If you're under the age of 30, 35, how many people do you hear talk about progression? Talking about getting rid of the past and changing to progress towards the future. Making it better, more inclusive, uh, more tolerant. You know, they use this positive language to signify the people who don't fit in that category are going to go down. In other words, they use positive language for people who are on board with their program. And if you're not, oh man, you're in trouble. I did an entire show on that. You can look up that one. I did an entire show on how the left uses positive language to inflict negative sometimes violent behavior against you. But we're going to keep going. This cultural revolution was an obvious bid for a return to relevancy by the founder of the People's Republic of China. See how clever that is? The People's Republic. Uh, Workers of the World Unite was the slogan of the Communist Manifesto that was written by Karl Marx, Lenin, Engels, you know, people like that, yes. They call it the People's Republic. Meanwhile, it's the people who are suffering the most. You get the picture? 
And who, I want you to keep in mind as I'm reading this. He talks about young people. Notice he didn't get the intellectuals. He didn't get the scientists. He didn't get the authors. He didn't get the science. He didn't get the philosophers. He didn't get the historians. He got the young, impressionable people in college, in high school, on his program. That's the problem. He didn't get the educated people. He got the youth. We're going to keep going. This cultural revolution was an obvious bid for return to relevancy from the founder uh -huh, of the People's Republic of China, who had been sidelined after some of his more disastrous, disastrous policies, such as the Great Leap Forward, which resulted in the death of 30 million Chinese from starvation alone, killing tens of millions. What did I just say of Chinese? Boom, there it is. Now, here's the impact they left on China. The first Red Guard groups were made up of students... Ranging from as young as elementary school. Hello, America. Up to university students. Again, young people who don't know history. They don't know philosophy. They don't know anything other than what is told to them. By the parents or the state. Let's continue. As the Cultural Revolution gained momentum mostly among younger workers and peasants. They joined the movement as well. Of course they did. The people are used as pawns until they're no longer useful to the people in power. Now, this has been used multiple times. French Revolution, the Russian Revolution, China, Cambodia, arguably right now in America, happening in Canada as well. This is nothing new, and yet it, they think that it's going to somehow work. The utopians who don't believe in God because they believe in the divinity of the state are convinced that this can work if enough people sacrifice. Now, of course, they're not talking about them sacrificing. They're talking about you sacrificing. The people in power don't sacrifice anything but you. They'll sacrifice you on the altar of excellence, hoping to get what they want. They promise you everything while you don't live long enough to see it. Many were no doubt motivated by a sincere commitment to the doctrine espoused by Mao. Although many speculate that it was a rise in violence and contempt for the state status quo that motivated their cause. Notice they try to downplay the fact that this they had a sincere commitment to the doctrine. That's exactly what I heard today when I was listening to these speeches at my brother's graduation. They fundamentally believe what they're saying is true. They believe in climate change. They believe in gay marriage. They believe in the suffering of the minority. They believe in the patriarchy. They believe in white supremacy. They believe in all these things. Firmly, they, I'm not, I don't think they actually, I believe that they are consumed by it. They are so convinced they're right that they're flabbergasted when you think they're wrong. Now, I am used to people telling me I'm wrong. I'm a conservative. It kind of comes with the territory. People tell me I'm wrong all the time. And I actually listen to their other side of the argument because I want to make sure that I'm actually in the right instead of just 
having righteous indignation and then saying, you know what? Oh yeah, I'm right because I'm right. I just know it. That's not actual proof. That's just being stupid. That's called being stupid. Again, I want to point this out again. That he used young people from elementary school age up to university. He did not get the professors. He did not get the historians. He did not get the, the educated people. He didn't get that. He got the impressionable, young, ignorant masses on his team. That is who he tailored his message to. That is who he came after. And that is who sided with him the most. That is what I am worried about. And that is what I'm seeing in this country. And they've upped the ante this time. Instead of just using the young people, they use the young, the youth to when they get to become teachers. And then the teachers teach the youth what they believe to be true. And that's why we're seeing the teachers, the professors, the, the people in education, the education systems today are very communistic and socialist in their ideology, and that's why the students are no different. Now, my friends, here's what we're going to do now. I'm going to play you a clip from Yuri Bezvanov, member in good standing of the KGB until he defected to America, and we're going to dissect this a little bit at a time. I am going to... I'm going to... Let this play in little increments because I really want you to listen to what this man says. It's chilling. And I'll make my commentary as time goes on. Yep, no, sorry. It was 1985 this interview took place. Now, get ready because this is going to shock you. I'm going to turn off my volume for a second and I'm going to let this play out. And then I'll come back in in a little bit to make commentary on what you just heard, all right? Ready? Let's get started. Here we go. You spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, all mm -hmm. word, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do, is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There's no mystery. There's nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of, of, of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of my look this guy may sound a little over your head at the beginning but I'm going to challenge you to really listen to what he's saying because it gets extremely interesting and it gets very chilling right here in a second he's first knocking the advertisers did you notice that he talked about the advertisements and how they're trying to sell you stuff now that's capitalism and that's great the problem is what happens next with public opinion, which is what Yuri Bezanov is going to get into, because that was the whole point of what the KGB did. They tried to subvert everything from within. They realized that if they tried to attack it directly, it would have a backwards effect. There would be walls put up, and they would immediately be pushed back 
But if they got around and they came back, if they convinced America that it was in their best interest to be ignorant and stupid, then there would be no there would be no issue. Now, that's extremely important, and I want you to continue to listen to what comes next because this gets very bone-chilling, all right? Now, let's continue. Let's continue. All right, I want to play a little bit more of it, okay? You ready? Here we go. An opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, actively мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. You notice you see the, the brainwashing process? Did you notice that? Did, did you notice how chilling that is? Look, I get it. This is kind of hard to follow a, a little bit. But he's talking about the public perception. He's talking about how they're attacking from within. They're not attacking outright. It's not about spying on you. It's not about getting one over on you. It, this is chilling. Now look, this is where it gets really good. This is where it gets good, alright? Now listen. This is when stuff gets extremely bone-chilling and eerie. Get ready for this. Here we go. Uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years mm -hmm. to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to... Uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s dropouts or half-baked intellectuals are now occupying the... Oh, my God. I mean, can anybody argue with what he just said? Can anybody argue with anything you just heard? The intellectuals, they're... It's chilling. Frankly, you see how... You see how it goes around the logic, how it seems a little too on the nose? Even... Look, I get it. When I talk about certain topics, or when other people in the conservative media talk about these topics, people don't want to accept it right off the rip because it doesn't fit with their version of reality. It doesn't fit with what they've been told. So they push it back. They don't listen to it. They don't like what they're hearing. They inherently say, no, 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 this can't be true. But the youth, the young people, they eat it up. Because that's all they've ever known. They don't have that. And that's why he's talking about getting at the youth. Because the youth are not going to say, wait a minute, but I heard this, and so that can't be true. No, 
They'll just say, oh, oh, okay. Well, I want to be nice. Well, I want to be accepting. I want people to be united. I want people to have a... F I want things to be fair. And so they'll buy it, hook, line, and sinker. And I don't blame them. That's the worst part. I don't blame them. That's all they know. It's hard to... If you don't know what you don't know... You have no idea that you're wrong or that you're mistaken. You see how backwards that is? You see how just frankly topsy-turvy that is? Now, I could play the whole rest of this interview, but the show would last forever. I think you get the main gist of what I'm talking about here. The main point, my friends, is this. When it comes down to it, they want to attack the youth. They want to get at the young. They want to get... They want you to get to the point where you... That's all you know. There's no debate. There's just the truth and the lie. The lie they've created. The truth they've manufactured. That is what you see. Now, we're going to get into the next part here. Because he talks about the education system, and he talks about getting at the youth, getting at the young people, just the same way that Mao did. We're going to get into this. The deep dive into polit political affiliation. We're going to dive into... Let me ask you the question before I dive into it too far. Who do you think is more likely to be Democrat, and who do you think is more likely to be Republican? For those of you who are watching on the screen, you can see the answers right now. But for those of you listening on audio, I want you to ask yourself, who do you think is more likely to be Democrat and who's more likely to be Republican? I'll read you the answers right now. And this is according to the Pew Research Center. This is what they say. Here's the statistic. It says strong groups for the Democratic and Republican parties. Here it is. Groups that tell Republican... Mormons, I mean, that's, I'm sure you could have guessed that one. 70% tilt Republican, 22% tilt Democrat. White Evangelical Protestants, 68% lean towards Republican. I, You know, I don't know if that's true. I would challenge that. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I don't have statistical data on hand back to... That that doesn't make sense to me, because a lot of Christians I know, they're a little more on the liberal side, but it's anecdotal at best, I get it. I just would challenge that a little bit. And you need to keep in mind this very simple fact of reality. People are more likely to take a poll like this and lean left than they are to go right. Because it's more popular to go left than right, because if you're right, People think that if you're on the right, then you're a Neanderthal, that you're stupid, you're uneducated, blah, 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 blah. Versus if you're on the left, you're, oh, you're so smart and sophisticated and you, you definitely didn't vote for the evil Donald Trump. But let's keep going. White Southerners. I love how they're, they're injecting race into this as if to imply that uh, only white people are Republican. When last time I checked, that's false. In fact, there's a lot of Hispanics who are going towards uh, being Republican because they realize that the 
illegal immigration is out of control, and if they're actually American citizens, they don't like this because it all gives them a bad name. Or they fled from Cuba, which is a complete communist country, and they know what communism does, and they live in Florida. But they're saying that the evangelical Protestants are 68% Republican and 22% Democrat. Uh, Southerners, 55 to 34. Uh, they say white men, some college or less. So I, I'm assuming that white women are not on this list. Okay, interesting. No, actually, no, not really. I take that back. White men... Some college or less, they say are 54% Republican and 33% Democrat. White in general, which, okay, they say white people in general, 49% Republican and 40% Democrat. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Obama wouldn't have gotten elected with, and Joe Biden wouldn't have gotten elected with those numbers, which either begs the question of the, the election being legitimate or this poll being legitimate. So... You can take that with well, however you want. The silent generation, in other words, the people who are actually old enough to remember the Soviet Union and what communism actually does to people. Maybe they fled the Soviet Union. Uh, 47% Republican and 43% Democrat. Well, let's get down to the Democrat list. Here it is. Blacks. They say that blacks are 80% Democrat and 11% Republican. Wow. Wow. That's, um... Wow. <laughs> Look, okay. Here's my question. If you're black and you're listening to the show or you're watching the show, here's my question to you. Why do you vote Democrat? No, like, actually. Why do you vote Democrat? Because, um, last time I checked, um, if you want to look at history for about five minutes... Uh, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican president, and it was the Democratic South who seceded from the Union to keep their slaves, who last, last time I checked were black, and yet it is yet the black people are the ones who back the Democrat Party, who are the ones who put them in chains for God's sakes, and yet here they are supporting them. How do you do that? How do you support the people who used to who used to put you in chains if you were? Unless you immigrated to this country and you don't know any better. I, I don't get it. How did the Democrat Party rewrite their history to the point where they think that they represent the minorities when they hate you if you're a minority? They hate you. They hate you if you're a minority. Historically. But this just reinforces the whole theme of what I've been saying of people don't read history. And they repeat it over and over again and they don't know how it happens. Let's keep going down this list before I before I get thrown off the internet for being too realistic and too raw. Uh, Asians, they say, are 65% Democrat and 23% Republican. Hmm. That's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Religiously unaffiliated, in other words, atheists or pantheists or polytheists, 61% uh, Democrat and 25% Republican. Okay. I could see that. I love how we're not putting um, Muslims on this list. I find that very interesting too. Because I can guarantee you, Muslims would be very pro-conservative. 
They have Christians and Jews on this list, but they don't have Muslims. I wonder why that is. Uh, Postgraduate women. In other words, women, the, the uh, educated women out there, as they like to call them, the, the, the boss babe people out there. Uh, 64% Democrat, 29% Republican. Now you know why the feminists are all lefties. This is why. There's your proof right there. Oh, no. And this is, see, this is another problem. Why is it that when people think Jew, they think left-winger? How did we get to this point? Why is it that we Jews are so... How... Okay. If you're all... To my fellow Jews listening to this show, I gotta know something right now. Um, why do you vote for the people who support Palestine more than they support Israel? And yet... You 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 think they they say that they're anti-Zionist, they're not anti-Semitic, and yet uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said that there is no such thing as anti-Zionism as anti-Semitism. But don't tell that to the liberal Jew. And before you want to say that I'm I must be a white supremacist who's anti-Semitic, I'm a Jew, so don't lecture me on anti-Semitism, you rat bum. I don't believe this next one about Hispanics, though. I don't believe this. 56% Democrat and 26... I mean, sorry. 56% Democrat and 26% Republican? I don't believe that for a second. Have you been to Florida? I don't believe that. If we're talking about the illegal aliens, then I believe that. If we're talking about actual American citizens who are Hispanic, I 100% disagree with that. But that's why we don't have voter ID law in the country. You get it, right? Millennials. Oh, no. Millennials and or Gen Z, 51% Democrat and only 35% Republican. So in other words, the Christians, the Mormons, and the whites and the old people are Republican, they're saying. Uh, The blacks, the Asians, the educated, the Jews, the Hispanics, and the young people are Democrats. Hmm. Well... Hello, what do you want to say about that? What do you want to say about that? Because, personally, I find it despicable. I don't get it. A lot of this, a lot of these things I don't get. I understand if you're new to the country, you're an illegal alien who's stuck over the border, and you want to vote yourself a raise. I get that, okay? Or if you're selling out welfare of any race, and you're living off the government cheese and the government milk and honey... Uh, of course, you're going to vote yourself a raise and you're going to vote for a Democrat who's going to give you something for nothing. I get that because you're a bum. But for those of you who actually make a living, there's an old joke I used to hear when I was a little bit younger that what do you call a Democrat with two kids? A Republican. <laughs> but uh, you see, this just furthers the stereotype that Oh, if you're white and you're a Republican, then you must be a white supremacist. Well, according to the this list, you could also say that if you're a minority and you're a Democrat, then you hate white people and, and Republicans. Which, I wouldn't go that far, because I don't know you. For all I know, you don't. I mean, I know there are people who, are, who do hate white people and Republicans. I also find it interesting that... Last time I checked, people said that uh, the Middle East was considered, if you are of Middle Eastern descent, 
you are considered Caucasian, and yet they specifically make a difference between whites and Jews. But at other times, they lump them together. I find that very interesting as well. Uh, I'm Jewish, and uh, I'm not a Democrat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I don't know what they're talking about there, but look. My friends, I, I gotta wrap. I gotta wrap this up by saying one thing, okay? History is on the verge of repeating itself. People are saying that change is good for the sake of change. We need to progress forward. We need to leave the past in the past. We need to just move forward. Well, Mao said the same thing with his great leap forward. This promise of progression, as if the promise is also linked to prosperity, which historically it is not. All you have to do is look at the killing fields of Cambodia. You look at the remnants of the Great Leap Forward by Mao. You look at the USSR and the graveyards there. You look at uh, the Nazis and what they did. Yes, they were national socialists. And when I say national, it doesn't mean nationalist. It means they nationalized everything or centralized it to the government. Except for the couple powerful companies that Hitler knew he couldn't just take over and that would be in his best interest to not do it so don't try to tell me that part of it i know history well my friends i want you to really think about where this country is going and how the youth are being brainwashed and before you know it we could be having a china-like revolution in this country and i hope that day never never comes because guess what if it does we're all done and everything that yuri bezmanov warned about <clears throat> excuse me with what the kgb was trying to do it's already come to pass. I, I challenge you to keep to finish that interview out. I might return to it at a later time, but I would encourage you to look at that after you finish with the show today because it's extremely chilling and something that you will think about for the rest of your day, if not for the rest of the week or your life. But until next time, my friends, that's the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for being here. And like I said, if you want to get in touch with me, you want to talk about anything, have criticisms, whatever, find me on Twitter at Austin Creed or at Aussie Creed. And if you go to the URL that's in the bio of my Twitter page, there's a link to the main website for the channel, for the Sheep Get Sheared uh, podcast. And there's a donate button that goes to the Patreon. So if you want to donate over there, I would really appreciate your support for the show because it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep growing. We are only starting. This is, we are barely starting out. We're going to get huge and we're only going to get bigger, my friends. But until next time, God bless you. God bless your family and God bless this beautiful country called the United States of America. We are out of here. Peace.